Welcome to the Modern Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Bree Brown, a business mindset coach, entrepreneur, and a top competitor in a male-dominated industry. I'm a native Texan, the youngest of all brothers, and a lettuce-hating, wine-loving, curses-like-a-sailor recovering perfectionist. I've spent over a decade building my commission-based career, and my life's purpose is helping other women achieve the same multi-six-figure success I achieved before I was 25. I have a passion for helping women with mindset, money, and manifestation skills to help every young woman realize her full potential. If you're looking for vulnerable conversations, professional development, inspiration, or even a kick in the ass to get you motivated, you have come to the right place. Thanks for checking out the Modern Manifestation Podcast. Now let's jump right in to today's topic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Modern Manifestation Podcast. In this episode, we are going to talk about branding, because branding is a huge part of your identity. And as I always say, you are manifesting your identity, who and what you are. But that also includes how you are perceived by others and how you go about presenting yourself to others. Because at the end of the day, we're all selling something, every one of us whether it is our firm or our company, a product, a service, your reputation, the service that you can provide to an employer, we're all trying to sell something at some point. So I think it's important that as we talk about manifestation, we also look at how we are being perceived and what our branding and image is. And a lot of you that have actually reached out to me via Instagram are business owners. So I thought bringing in a branding expert would be great for anyone that is either looking to start a business or may have their own or potentially just wants to bring a new perspective to your current company, right? Maybe y'all are having discussions about branding or there's some conversation that you want to weigh in and have a little bit more feedback to bring. So I am so excited about today's speaker. She is a branding guru and I wanted to bring her in because of her experience working in an executive role within the corporate world before starting her own business, right? So whether you have started your own business or you are in the corporate world, she can really speak to both in this conversation. So with that, I introduce you to Alea Harris, owner and founder of Flourish Marketing. Good afternoon, Alea. How are you? I am good. How are you? Great, great. Thank you for asking. It's getting a little warm in Texas, but I know you're from California, so I'm sure the weather is much nicer over there. Yeah, California is, it's 70 degrees and sunny out here. (laughs) (laughs) I am really jealous of your 70 degree weather. I'm not going to lie. Well, I know branding means a lot of things to a lot of different people, so I would love it if we could just kick things off with you describing to the audience what your specific niche is within the branding world. Sure. So my name is Alea Harris, and I am the owner and founder of Flourish Marketing. We are a marketing agency that helps business owners make money doing what they love. I particularly love working with um, women-owned businesses because often we might make money, we're trying to side hustle, we're trying to become business owners, we're already business owners, but we aren't able to truly tap into our revenue-generating potential because you don't market. And often... 
people try to market, but they're like, I don't really know how to market. I think that I need to post on social. So we help them transcend that to develop real strategies. And also we do copywriting, web design, social media, all of the above to make sure that people can turn their talent into treasure. Mm. How did you get into branding? And then why did you become so passionate to start your own business? I actually went to, I actually am doing something that I went to school for, shock and awe. (laughs) I went to the University of Southern California and I majored in business. And then I had a minor in, well, I guess it was an emphasis in marketing. And I worked in, you know, the fashion and the cosmetic industries. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Then I actually went to culinary school and became a chef. And that was when I learned the beauty of having a trade and having something that no one could take away from you, you know, being able to feel that sense of accomplishment and confidence that comes from being able to do something with your hands and having a skill. And then I, you know, rose to the ranks and became an executive, a head of marketing for a large corporate food service and facilities management company. And then I looked around and I said, you know what? I have this experience. I've made money. I've owned a business before, but I, I want to get back in touch with those who are still in the beginning stages of bringing their passions to the forefront. They're trying to really manifest their dreams or trying to make it all happen. And how do I do that? Well, I opened up my own business. And so then here we are today. And, and I love it because that's exactly who I get to work with people who are are, are trying to do really great things in the world and be great to other people and at the same time make money because just because you're doing good things doesn't mean you have to be broke. <laughs> I am not a believer in that. <laughs> I think you can help other people do good and do good for your bank account at the same time. Yes. And you hit on such an important point. You know, there are a lot of people that tend to put together in, in one little box that if you are a person that is wealthy or a person that has monetary abundance, then you could also be a bad person or you're normally a bad person. It's like, no, you can do good shit in this world and mm. make money. Absolutely. It's all about your, your mindset around the money. You hit on something in terms of entrepreneurism and how you were working for corporations. You were tired of all of the things that came with that and then stepped outside and decided to own your own business, what really helped you get to that decision-making point? And then what was this telltale sign for you where you were like, I'm ready to step out of this corporate box and into my own business? Well, Brie, I would love to sit here and tell you that it was a voluntary decision, but it was not. I was laid off. But I will tell you, it was one of those layoffs where... It was not only a blessing in disguise, but it was literally something I had been praying for. So this is how my prayers went while I was still working my full-time job. And I had golden handcuffs. I was making good money, but I was like, oh, but I really want to leave. So my prayer sounded something like, hey, Father, Mother, God, please give me the ability to take this. Because I started the company before I left. Please give me the ability to take this, you know, so I can, so I can match my income and then I'll quit. Then I'll quit. I promise I'll quit, but I hate it here. I hate it. But then I'll quit, I promise. And my and it wasn't my because I wasn't able to focus on it. And so my business was not getting to the level that I needed it to get to because you only have so many hours in a day. And it's not like I just had a, you know, a part-time gig. I had a full-time job that was even more than, you know, 40 hours. Who even works 40 hours anymore? More than 40 hours a week. So God heard my actual prayer underneath the prayer, 
right? God, the universe, I like to say Father, Mother, God, the light, whatever you want to call it, heard the actual prayer of, I don't like this and I'm scared. (laughs) That was what the (laughs) prayer really was. I don't like what I'm doing right now. I know I want to do something else. I know I want to help people. I know I want to connect with people, but I'm scared because I don't see it yet. Mm-hmm. I don't see the financial blessings yet. I don't see them in my hand. They're not in my pocket. And I don't know what I'm going to do. So keep me here until that everything feels super comfortable. And unfortunately, <laughs> that's not how life works. That's not how change works. In <laughs> order to really move forward, you have to go outside of your comfort zone. So the universe was like, okay, girl, we got you. Boom. So and it was totally unexpected. Like my company had just spent $10,000 on me to get me certified in my, the certification that I adore now, the story brand certified guide that I am now. They had just spent $10,000 to do that. Then they laid me off two weeks after that. So it was not like I saw this coming, right? And, but I should have, because then I used that certification to help me build my business. The problem came in the transition, because I had to really have a quick moment of realization after I got laid off of, I was ready, even though my bank account wasn't ready. And really what the issue was, is that I had a lack of confidence. Mm. I needed to realize that I had everything I needed to build a business. And not only did I end up building a business, a successful business, but I built it in the middle of a pandemic from scratch. So if you are deciding that you're like, when is it time to quit or when is it time to <laughs> get laid off? I don't know if it's ever a good time to get laid off. Um, but if it's ever a time to get laid off, you ask yourself, do you have what you need? Right? Do you have everything that you need? And most likely you you already have it with inside of you. I love that. And I think there are so I can't tell you how often this conversation comes up for myself and others where they are talking about this desire to leave a corporate job, either in pursuit of their side hobby or even to leave their their current job for even another position at another company. And when do you make that decision? And I think it's interesting, too, that you, in a way, you were kind of forced to make this decision. It's like you were clear. Yeah. You had the clarity in what you wanted. You wanted a certain list of things. And you had an expectation that once I hit this certain threshold, we're good to go. I'm going to go ahead and just focus full time. And yet the universe was like, I actually, or God or love or whatever you want to call it, was like, actually, I think the lesson you need to learn right now is that self-worth, that confidence thing. So I'm just going to push you off the ledge and you're going to fly and it's going to be beautiful. And yet, some it, depending on the mindset you have when that happens, you could either take that as this is a really beautiful moment for me to explore this new thing for myself, or... I could take this as the universe saying that I have no business being in this world. Mm. And it's wonderful that you took that in the positive way. It's like, no, sometimes I think it's Gabby Bernstein that has that beautiful quote where she says something like obstacles are really detours in the right direction. It's like, that is so true. Absolutely. The universe actually works everything out for your good. Absolutely. And I know you talked a little bit before we I press record. You mentioned whenever you were within corporate, you had this identity about yourself and you felt that you were a part of this 
you know, just by nature of working for corporations, there are certain expectations, there are certain brands that the corporation expects you to have. And you can call that being in a box or you can call that just not really honoring your authentic self at times. So I'm curious if you could talk to the audience about what brought you the the foresight to step out of that. And then how is that different now that you're an entrepreneur and trying to cultivate this new identity? Yeah, that's absolutely a great question. One of the things that I had to notice is that I was in a box and I noticed it when I was still working full time. When so I was like, "Oh, I don't feel like you know." When if I, I traveled a lot and I would put on this outfit or that outfit, oh, because that makes me seem like I'm whatever, more professional, more competent, whatever it was, whatever image I felt like I needed to put out in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh man, I really just wish that I could wear this, or I could wear this bright color, or I could do whatever I wanted." But that's probably not appropriate, right? So I realized that there was a box, but it didn't take me, I mean, it took me until it it took me until I was laid off to really understand that I had so much freedom. When I got the news that I was laid off, I had two feelings, freedom and fear. Fear mostly because of finances and kind of only because of finances. Like, oh, that was my mainstream of income. What am I going to do now? But the freedom came from now I can do and be who I want to. I can explore the inner world that I've always been exploring. So I am an active you know, meditator. I have a strong relationship with spirit in the spiritual world. I'm very much into working from the inside out, right? But I wasn't able to truly bring all of that into my role in my business. And if you talked about it, they'd be like, oh, that's inappropriate. That's religious talk. And I'm like, it's actually not religious. I'm just sharing you what's in my heart. Now, I, have, I could talk about whatever I wanted to, right? The problem was starting to feel comfortable with that and actually even knowing what was still left in that box I had created for myself. It had been so long since I had really truly stepped into the fullness of who I was that I wasn't even quite sure who that was. I had to get to know myself all over again. And realize that the person that I was before I stuffed all that stuff away in the box that I felt was inappropriate or wouldn't get me ahead, Mm. that person is not the same person I wanted to be. I had the opportunity to cultivate my fullest expression of who Alea Harris is, and I have enjoyed it, but it did take a while. I had questions like, well, is this okay? Is that okay? Can I do that? Can I say that? Or for me, especially as a black female, can I wear my hair that way? Will people think that I'm like not professional? I don't know what I'm talking about if I put my hair in braids or whatever. And I just let it all go. When I first started, and just in general, I wear my hair straight. I wear my hair curly. I was wearing my hair straight all the time, all the time, because that was the professional look, quote unquote. Then I was like, well, but... What if I wanted to put some braids in because I just don't feel like doing my hair for a couple of weeks? Like, is that okay? Yes, it's okay. Yes. If you're listening and you're like, is this okay? Yes, it's okay. If inside you want to 
wear what you want, dress, you know, brush your hair up as you want, speak how you want, speak your mind. It's okay. As long as you are kind to yourself and others, you are doing the right thing. If you're being called to speak on a topic that might make you uncomfortable, right? So for example, during last year, the resurgence of kind of like the second civil rights movement in our country and and the resurgence of white supremacy and uh, the focus on anti-racism, I felt called in my heart to say something. And I'm like, I mean, I know I'm a black woman, but I'm not like a diversity and inclusion person. I've never like really said anything. And even in corporate, I was always the only black everything. Black, female, only black, everything. You look around, you see a whole bunch of white men and me. And so it was not a super popular thing for me to talk about. But I just felt called to speak how I felt. And it wasn't like I was, you know, saying, oh, I'm angry and crying. And, you know, that's bad marketing, BT dubs. If you're always angry and always crying and always lamenting, people fall away from that. People gravitate more towards positivity. But I did want to share my story, the story of my husband and how I felt. And I had to sit with myself to say, Alea, this is the next moment in your development. You told yourself you wanted to build an empire where you could flourish into your full self. Now is your chance. And I did. I took it. I just, I, I, I created a video in my Facebook group. I you know, started speaking. I started writing articles. I started telling my publicist that I wanted to speak on stages. Well, virtual now because we're in the pandemic about these things. I got together with my husband, who's a sociologist. We produced content. And all of a sudden, I felt free. And I was helping a lot of people. I got feedback from a lot of business owners. Black business owners were like, wow, we're so great that we can see someone like you talking about what we care about and allies that are like, thank you for educating me. Thank you for partnering with me. And I've made the closest connections I have in my career thus far because I was actually myself. Mm-hmm. And that's who I attracted people that liked me for me with all of the things that I had to say. And that's been the biggest benefit of, of taking all the stuff out of the box, taking a look at it, seeing what I liked, being able to cultivate my inner self and express that outwardly. It's been amazing. Wow. Thank you for for just sharing and being open with us about that part of your journey. And if you're willing to share it with me, I would love to link the content you created in the show notes to help people engage with the conversation around anti-racism and help educate people from your perspective. And Man, I just really loved everything you just shared, and I recognize that being a white female in a male-dominated industry is a very different experience than yours, and yet your comments about trying to fit in with a sort of corporate uniform just really, really resonates with me, because when I first got into corporate real estate, it was, and is, to be honest, extremely male-dominated, and I felt this intense pressure to be less girly and to become one of the guys. So I felt pressured to go out and buy all these neutral, you know, the grays, the blacks, the khaki pantsuits and wear them every day to work. Mm. And it's almost like you were issued the the patent leather shoes that they all had. <laughs> and, you know, we, we kind of joked that they would wear the same shit and match each other every day. Like they would all wear the navy blue pants with the brown leather shoes, the brown belt, yeah. the white button up shirt. And <laughs> it's just like standard issue. 
This shirt might be light blue if you're feeling fancy. <laughs> Mike could craze you some pinstripes and call it freaking Wacky Wednesday. Woo! So here I am avoiding bright colors. I'm toning down my voice, thinking that I just need to buy more pantsuits. I, it's almost like I needed to, I was trying to masculize my, is it masculize? It's not even a word. Masculinate or <laughs> yeah. really just embrace this masculine energy of like, I need a pantsuit. <laughs> yeah, I would do the same thing. I, I purposely didn't wear like, Things that made me look super feminine. And I'm girly, like girly, girly girl, like pink lipstick, favorite colors, pink, unabashedly girly. <laughs> um, and so, but I would be like, no, I'm going to wear black. Yes. <laughs> I know. When I, I had that same experience, it's like two years, two, three years ago, I had like a total wardrobe shift where all my pantsuits were donated. And I just went out and got like all the colorful shit. Like I love scarves. Went and got like a bunch of silk scarves to like tie to my purses and crap. And was like, I'm getting Meryl Streep and Devil Wears Prada in here because I cannot wear another damn pantsuit, especially like the brown <laughs> pantsuit, the gray. I'm like, I'm I'm done. I can't do that anymore. And I don't mean to talk about wardrobe the whole time, but that carried into not only what I was doing physically with my clothing, but that carried into the con- how I carried out myself in a conversation, how I presented myself to clients. And I was very much struggling with this internal conflict of why is it that I feel like I'm not doing well at this job and I feel like they're doing so much better. And a big part of that was just the mindset. It's like, well, you are doing it as well as they are. The problem is, is that you don't feel true to yourself. And so you don't feel like you're doing a good job because intuitively we know that we're not honoring mm. something in us Yes, and we're not being congruent with our person. And it's like, when I finally realized that, I was like, I can be successful in this doing it my own way. And yes, they're not going to get it and they're not going to understand. And yes, I'm going to talk spiritual shit like manifestation and they're going to write me off in some cases. And that's fine because it's working for me and I'm going to continue down in this path. And when I finally realized that, it's like I stripped off the layer, like literally these pantsuit layers (laughs) of clothing and just stepped into like, okay, new wardrobe, new me. Like I'm just embracing who I am. And it's really like you're just stepping into your own personal brand that's always been there. Absolutely. How does branding just relate to everything in life? And why is it so important for people to to keep to the forefront of their minds? That's a really great question. And when people think of branding, they often think about a logo. What does my logo look like for my business? (laughs) Don't use Times New Roman. (laughs) No. (laughs) I would take Times New Roman over Comic Sans any day. (laughs) Or papyrus. <laughs> so if you feel attacked, and that's those are the uh, colors. And, I'm sorry, the fonts you're using. Just change them. No one will know. You don't even have to tell us. <laughs> but people think of your logo as the starting point. Oh, I, I need a brand. I need to get a logo. Actually, the logo is something that you work towards. Think of your logo as your award for crossing your brand finish line. Mm-hmm. Your brand doesn't start with colors or fonts or even images. Your brand starts off with words, pretty simple words, actually. The first one is the problem that you solve. What problem that you do you solve for your clients? What challenge or pain point do you solve? Mm-hmm. So for example, if you're like, I want to be a cake maker, I want to open up a bakery. Well, 
you might have a problem to solve if there's no cake makers that do what you do in your area. You do not have a problem to solve if there are 40 in a two block radius, right? <laughs> so you need to think about, am I solving a problem? If you're not solving a problem, you will not make any money because no one cares about you starting a business. Zero people care. People Google things because they are concerned about how to solve a problem. They're going to type in that search, bakery near me. And if there are 20 and you can't stand out, then people will not buy from you. So that's the first thing. What problem do you solve? The second thing is, how do you solve it better than anyone else? Mm-hmm. Because there's really nothing new under the sun. And you need to get your ego out of it and realize that that coaching business is not new. That framework (laughs) that you're using that you spent hours and days coming up with probably is still similar to somebody else's framework, right? But how do you do it better than everyone else? And how do you communicate that value? You need to be clear on the problem that you solve and how you communicate that you're the one to solve that problem for other people. And then you make it really easy for for people to buy from you and to know how to buy from you. What is the buying process like, right? Then the fourth thing that you need to consider is what is the transformation I give to people? Mm -hmm. So the transformation could be something super small. Like if you decided to start an apparel line, the transformation could be going from looking frumpy to feeling, you know, frumpy and not confident to feeling confident and sexy, right? But it's an internal transformation. What is that internal Mm -hmm. transformation that you provide for people? Those answers to those four points will enable you to come up with the fonts the colors, the logo, right? They'll even determine how you market your business. Because if you decide, actually, the problem that is, let's take another, let's take a lingerie line. And you think that the problem that you're solving is, is women wanting to impress their significant other by putting on something sexy. And then you actually talk to some people who could be your ideal customer and you're like, actually, they don't even care about anybody else. They're buying this because they look in the mirror and they want to strut around. They want to feel sexy in them themselves. Well, then you're not going to say in your marketing ads, get this for Valentine's Day so that special someone will be all over you. Nah, you're going to be like, girl, buy this on a Tuesday and wear this underneath that ugly power suit. So no matter where you are, you feel sexy, <laughs> right? It's totally different, totally different. If it, you, your client, if your client is truly the client that wants to feel sexy for themselves when they buy your lingerie, they are not going to buy if that ad, the first ad talking about feeling sexy on Valentine's Day, it's not, it's not going to speak to them. That also changes the way that your website is laid out and the photos that you use, as opposed to using sultry, sexy women and compromising positions. You might have photos of women that are, you know, dancing on top of their bed in their sexy lacy pajamas or putting on a pantsuit and they have their little sexy little bralette underneath, right? And they're like smiling and they're putting their stuff on. They're like, yeah, no matter what, I feel confident I am me totally different branding Mm. approach. But you can't start there. You can't be like, well, what images do I want? (laughs) How do I get a photographer? Oh, I need a website. All of the work, just like any true manifestation starts inside. So 
you need to be like, who am I? What service am I providing to the world? And then what packaging will communicate that service to other people? And that is branding. As long as you don't use papyrus or comic sans. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's like branding is the external manifestation of what's going on with you. Absolutely. And how you operate in the world. Because one of the biggest mistakes I see a lot of new business owners make is they get super excited about what they're selling and they talk all about themselves. So if you were a jewelry maker and you're opening up your Etsy store, you started talking about, I love making jewelry. I've been making jewelry for this long. I made jewelry for my kids. I made jewelry for my cat. I made jewelry for my dog. (laughs) I make all the jewelry. No one cares. No one cares. What they care about is, is your jewelry hypoallergenic? Because that's what I'm going to search for in Google and what I'm going to search for in the Etsy search bar. Uh, Is your jewelry, you know, if you have like diamonds in your jewelry, are they conflict free, right? What is your return policy, right? Like how, if you use, like, I I love, like I have a lot of um, Hamsa hands or Handa Fatimas or whatever you want to call it. I like jewelry with that in there, but it's like, this, you know, there's in a lot of different religions that have that symbol. Like, is it pulling from the Judeo-Christian version of it? Is it the Muslim version? Like, what? Tell me about the jewelry, not about you. When you open your mouth to talk about yourself, it should be in relation to the jewelry. So if you've been making jewelry for 10 years, you talk about over the course of my 10 years as a jewelry designer, I have seen it all. I've made crowns for queens and collars for puppies. But here's why in my 10 years, you, I've learned enough that you should want to buy a jewelry from me. That's how you should be talking about your business, always from the perspective of how you operate and serve in the world. Mm, so love that. So many wonderful points there. I think it hit the nail on the head with yeah. branding as a holistic approach, really. And what do you have, speaking of branding and just like owning who you are and how you operate in this world, one thing I saw that you talk about on your website is helping women identify how to put a number on their value or how to charge for their services. And I hear this all the time where people are, yes. I feel like this this discussion is constantly being had on social media and just various other podcasts. So I'm just so curious what your perspective is on this and how a woman that is starting her business can start to quantify her time, her value, and, and how she should be looking at it from a more holistic perspective. Absolutely. So- First of all, I urge you to figure out what your hourly rate is. doesn't mean you have to charge hourly, but figure out what your hourly rate is. I was farting around and not doing this for myself. So I just like was like, okay, I'm charging for this service, but I, I'm trying to up-level my services and increase services, doing all this stuff. I'm like, how much did I charge for that? I had a baseline, but I don't know what to do. And so I figured out my hourly rate. How I did that was I looked at how much money I wanted to make over the year, how much, you know, what that broke down to weekly, daily, and hourly. And I was like, okay, if I worked and I did it so that it was like, if I only worked, you know, 11 months out of the year, say I take a month worth of vacation somewhere in the year and I only worked four hours a day on client work, then what it is. Don't be like, if I work 52 weeks out of the year and eight hours a day, that's not how it works. Because if you want to, if you run a business, you have to like leave time for other things mm-hmm. like, 
you know, listening to podcasts and uh, doing, you know, email and hiring and all that stuff. So if you're like, if I only did client work for four hours a day, then what would my hourly rate be based off of my goal? Then you look at that and you're like, okay, how long does it take me to, to make that jewelry? How long does it take me to write that website? How long does it take me to do that consult call for that client? And that's the bare minimum you charge. Someone comes to you and you say, well, my hourly rate in my mind, in your mind, you never tell them your hourly rate. In my mind, I'm like, okay, my hourly rate is, I'm going to pick something low, $100 an hour. And that's low. So if you heard me say $100 an hour and you were like, oh, never, mm. Check, check yourself. $100, hour, $100 an hour is, is low. Depends on what industry you're in and what you're doing. But if you're only working for four hours a day for 11 months out of the year, $100 an hour is actually not that much money. So you're like, okay, $100 an hour, and they want me to take do a project that's five hours. It's going to take me five hours. So that should be $500. But, 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 but. I also have this certification that they're really going to need me to lean into. And I know that that's why they came to me. So now 700, mm. right? So you mm-hmm. have your starting rate and things on top of that just, just grow. The difference between being paid like not what you're worth and being paid what you're worth is the story that you tell. So I, I give this example all the time and I probably need to get another example, but it works. So if it works, it works. <laughs> so you can buy a coach purse, good, solid quality purse. In fact, coach has some of the best leather around, right? Especially like good mass marketed leather. You can buy a coach purse. It costs you maybe like 300 bucks, something like that. Let's say that. Not a cheap purse. Or you can buy a Louis purse. It costs you about a thousand bucks. It's not even real leather, but it's a thousand bucks. It's $700 more than that coach purse Mm. that might even be real other. Why? Well, the difference is the story. It's the status. It's the symbol. It's what they've told you that it means to own a Louis purse. They've all fit your wallet, phone, and keys, right? That's not the issue. The issue is the story that has been told and that story increases the price. So your pricing is a marketing decision, not just a financial one. And it's not really, it's like you want to make sure you're not like everybody else is charging $20. I'm going to charge 500. Like, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> but you're, it's the story that you're telling that will help you demand more for what you're worth. So if you say something like, let's pick another business. I like this because I know from, I don't know who's listening. So I'm trying to hit all different areas. Let's say you're starting, you're starting a uh, lipstick line. I'm a big lipstick fan, so this is going to be fun. You're starting a lipstick line, and you have all organic ingredients. They're made in small batches. They're humane. They're vegan. They have colors for all skin shades, and they're long-wearing, right? If, mm, if that's buy. you, DM me because I want to buy. so let's say on your website all you play up as as your marketing is we have so many shades look at all of our colors and we're super fun and we're new and we're exciting that's a ten dollar lipstick if you play into the rest of the story that's a fifty dollar lipstick have you ever bought a chanel lipstick 50 bucks and they're writing on their name. You have a lot of things that you can use to pull up the price, which means that you increase your profit margin, which means that you can scale, which means that you can grow. 
When you get into a business, you're not just trying to make money from a hobby. You are a business owner. Your goal should be to work on a yacht while somebody else is running the operations. You just need to get <laughs> there. <laughs> the way you get there is you charge enough for your services so that you can replace yourself and you can let that business grow, shine, and flourish. You let go of the control and you just grow. That's how you get there. I know you talk a lot about ditching fears and stepping into that abundance, which obviously with manifestation, we talk about that all the time too. Yes. <laughs> so how do you talk to your clients about that particular issue, the ditching the fear, stepping into the confidence of starting their own business? And as a second part to this question, what advice do you have for the woman? Like, What is the most important thing to do when you're stepping off into that venture? So ditching the fear, I actually don't know if that's a good idea. I'm going to tell you why. So that sets up the mentality that you have to wait until you're not afraid to do it. And that fear is bad. Mm. So one, you have to do it afraid. Girl, you just have to do it. You're going to be scared. I'm scared now and I have a successful business. I'm terrified sometimes. Especially (laughs) if I'm launching a new product or service. I have no idea. Someone going to buy that? Who knows? Like I get scared (laughs) all the time, but I do it anyways. You also shouldn't run from fear. You should run into it and understand the different qualities of it. Because there's real fear like, ooh, I see someone with a gun. They might shoot me. That's real Mm -hmm. fear. Mm -hmm. Then you get fear like, ooh, I don't know if someone's going to buy from me. Well, that's not really fear. It feels like fear. But really what that is, is it could be unprepared. It could be a lack of confidence. It could be some type of lack of information right? And you dive mm-hmm. into, you're like, oh, that's a different quality of fear. Sometimes your fear is, uh, am I going to pay my bills? That's not fear. That's lack of self-belief. That's like, girl, you going to pay your bills and you will work <laughs> until you will figure this out. Who said that you can't? Who said that you can't make a thousand dollars tomorrow? I was in that road, y'all. I started my business, really went full-time during a pandemic. And by the way, I decided it was going to be a really great idea to get a marketing agency for the wedding industry during the middle of a pandemic. I understand (laughs) not being able to pay bills. But you know what? I never suffered financial lack because I understood the quality of my fear. I said, well, this isn't this is fear. So like, you got to be like, don't deny it. Be like, no, I'm scared. But what am I scared about? Actually, Mm -hmm. I'm really just not believing that abundance exists. That I'm tapping into the field of unlimitless or limitless, not unlimitless, limitless possibilities. I was like, oh, there's no way that I can make a thousand dollars tomorrow. Do you know how many times I've made a thousand dollars tomorrow? And it wasn't because I'm like, I'm super smart. I was just like holding back. I'm just like, you know, I knew how to make a thousand dollars. No, it was because I said, well, what can I do? Right? I'm gonna lean. I need to I need to make a thousand dollars between now and Friday. What do I need to do to make that happen? Right? And I and it was all in my business. I didn't do anything salacious, anything that threw me <laughs> off of my integrity, anything that threw me out of who I was. But I just believe that, well, that $1,000 will come. I need to position myself where the $1,000 is located. So yes, you will be afraid. Yes, fear is okay. 
So instead of trying to figure out how to ditch all of the things that are holding you back, use them as stepping stones to pull yourself up to the next level and understand what they really are about and what they're really trying to tell you. I use fear as a guardrail sometimes as well. Like, am I scared of this because I'm getting like, ooh, danger, danger, danger. I feel uncomfortable. I'm kind of like, ooh, no, no, that's a guardrail. Don't go there. So dive in and you might actually be thankful for the fear that you had and how you were able to use it as a tool for your upliftment. Mm, I love that. And I know we talked a little bit about, you know, this mindset work that you've done and I've done myself and specifically coaching and as well as community. And I know you mentioned having the spiritual coach earlier. So how has this played into your role as a business owner? And I really want to hear about that spiritual component too. Like how is that influencing how you're operating in your own space as your own business owner? Yes. So I have a spiritual coach who I adore and I've been working with her for years now. And it's not because I want to be very clear. It's not because I feel like I can't talk to God on my own. <laughs> because a lot of the times in organized religion, that's the message that you are given is that you need someone else to talk to God for you. No, no, no. God and I are homies. We chat all the time. <laughs> it's because I needed the guidance through the through the through the dark patches, right? What am I even dealing with? And I needed to lean into the dark and have someone that could pull me out if I needed them. And that's what uh, Monica, who Monica Laske from My Sacred Aura, totally going to name drop her, go Google it. Um, <laughs> she put her in the show notes. has um, been incredibly helpful <laughs> for me. <laughs> she's been incredibly helpful for me over the years. But then she's one of the ones that encouraged me. She goes, you know, you are a spiritual teacher. You're a spiritual, spiritual guide. Because what was happening Random people were like finding me through my website or finding me through social and starting these conversations with me that were much deeper than marketing. And then I found myself talking to them once a week. And then I found myself, you know, you know, being very spiritually connected to what their issues were. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> I am now turning into a spiritual coach and it was a natural progression for me and I get so much fulfillment from it. But then I had, we're talking about boxes. Apparently I compartmentalize quite well. I put spiritual stuff in one box and then I put business stuff in another box. Mm -hmm. And then I said, you know, I don't like boxes. I don't (laughs) like boxes. And I'm not being of full use and benefit to my clients by compartmentalizing the parts of me. So I am a firm believer that you need to use your spiritual center to guide your business. Doesn't mean that you run around talking about God all the time. Doesn't mean you run around talking about manifestation abundance all the time. No, but you personally are spiritually centered. That does a lot of things. One, it helps you cut through the crap. I don't have to worry about Am I on track? Am I off track? Because I'm connected. My goal, you know, I ask for the light. I stay connected. um, And when I'm not, I can tell. I get burned out. I get tired. um, And I feel like I'm trying to do all the things. I lose my path and I lose my track. When you're also spiritually connected, you're able to help other people so much easier because you aren't trying to be the brainiac with all the answers. You get spoken through. As opposed to trying to like rack your brain and be like, oh, what does this person need? Oh, what does this person need? 
right? It's like, well, actually, I have a feeling that you actually need me to tell you to go take a nap. I know what you want is branding strategy. I get it. We're going to do branding strategy, but I really feel like you should, like, maybe we could reschedule it for tomorrow because you are exhausted and you're not even here with me right now. I had that conversation with someone. She broke into tears. She goes, oh my God, you're so right. And I'm tired and I'm this and I'm that and I'm this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I feel you, dog. I feel you. So when you're spiritually connected, when you're talking about manifestation, when you're talking about abundance, when you're working through your own crap, you are a much better business person. And you're able to actually build a life that you love as opposed to trying to construct a life that you feel like you are supposed to love that you don't love. And you feel totally off center. And you look Mm -hmm. back and you're like, oh, that business. Yeah, I'm just going to go back to working my nine to five because the business thing was just as much emotional labor. And it's not supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to be that way. Mm. I love that. I love your holistic approach to incorporating spirituality within your success as a business owner, because I do think that so many people try to compartmentalize those two things as totally separate entities. So I love, love, love that answer. So what is your favorite manifestation story? I wrote at the guidance, underneath the guidance of my spiritual coach, well, it's called an ideal scene. And I wrote on there, it starts off with I am an empire builder and it's a whole page. So I don't, I'm not going to recite it to you because I don't know it, <laughs> but it was the high points where I'm an empire builder. I do what I love. I wake up every morning feeling like I'm walking in my purpose. I have community of like-minded people around me who support me, all this stuff, all this stuff I did not have when I wrote it. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it. didn't even really believe it, but I wrote it in present tense. And then I programmed it, meaning that I said it aloud a hundred times in a row. I put light around it. I embedded it in myself. I would say it every morning when I woke up. And then that kind of fell off because, you know, human being over here. (laughs) And I kind of almost forgot about it. The other day, I went and I looked at it. And I have almost everything on that ideal scene. Mm. And it's not... It's not because I'm like, oh, yeah, I worked towards that and blah, blah, blah. No, that was manifestation. I put it out there. I asked for spiritual support. I programmed my basic and my higher self so that we were all in alignment. Mm -hmm. And then my steps were ordered to help make that happen. And now I don't have everything. So now I might need to go back and reread it every morning again. (laughs) I don't have everything on there, but I've gotten so much closer and I can see that everything that I've been going through has been very intentional to get me what I want. The universe is designed to prove you right. So if you put Mm -hmm. out into the world what you really, truly want, you program for it, you will get it. It's not a oh, well, let's see if this whole spiritual thing works. I'll try this God out. Ah, <laughs> they're so woo-woo. No, it will work. And, and the, the funniest thing is when you practice practical spirituality, you don't even have to believe it. So like I wrote some of that stuff on there when I was still working this job, didn't really see how I was going to get out of that job. And I was like, I'm going to wake up every day when I want to wake up. And I'm going to love what I do. I'm going to love the people I talk to every day. And I'm like, 
okay. Right. (laughs) (laughs) As I'm sitting there at six o'clock in the morning feeling like, oh, if I have to talk to that dude one more time. (laughs) So I, I, I manifested the path and the life that I love and will continue to do so. And I just feel really blessed to know that the universe is on my side, just like it's on your side. And I think that's pretty cool. Mm, love, love that story. Thank you so much for sharing. And I feel like the best thing you did for yourself too in that moment was releasing and just letting go and allowing the universe to work for you. So Mm -hmm. where can people go to find out about you and get more information, get in touch with you, give us all the places we can find you. And I'll make sure to put them in the show notes too, for anyone listening. Absolutely. So my website is flourishmarketing.co, not.com.co. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Alea Harris, A-L-E-Y-A-H-A-R-R-I-S. And you can DM me, we can talk about, I love it when people DM me to talk about podcasts, episodes and dive in because then we get to, it's almost like the after party. We get to talk one-on-one about (laughs) about all the stuff that we talked about. So feel free, send me a message. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And I can't wait to share this information with all the listeners. I really, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. I've loved being here. And a huge thank you to all of the listeners. As I said earlier, I will link all of Alea's information in the show notes. That way you can head over there and find her quickly. And if you enjoyed this business topic, shoot me a DM on Instagram and let me know what other topics you might be interested in. I'm more than happy to go out and find more experts that can marry manifestation with practical strategies. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us today, and I will catch y'all next Monday. Until then, go out there and manifest some miracles. Thank you all so much for hanging out with me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with new episodes. As always, we would love it if you would share this episode with friends and family who could use the inspiration. As a new podcast show, we would really appreciate your honest feedback so I know what you like and what you could use more of. As a thank you for leaving us a rating, we will send you our seven weekly tips to create space for abundance. Make sure you screenshot your review and email it to us at hello at the T-H-E modernmanifestation.com so we can send them straight to your inbox. If you'd like to stay connected, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Modern Manifestation, or you can head to our website at themodernmanifestation.com. Thanks again for joining me, and I will catch y'all in the next episode.